everyone, welcome to Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery, hello. And uh, if you haven't been keeping up with our many, many episodes, this is the show where two dorks look through the entire back catalogue of Deek Entertainment, a cartoon company famed for producing... Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very cheap cartoons that are obvious cash-ins from licenses that are popular at the time. Cheap syndicated works Mm -hmm. uh, for children's entertainment blocks, ultimately. Stuff produced as cheaply as possible so that it can then proceed to make a bunch of money getting syndicated on worldwide programs. It's great. Um, And before you are a little bit confused, yes, this is the start of season three. We don't really put down markers for them, though. But uh, yes, hello, we're back now. And we're going to do episodes. Uh, Fortnightly, though. Uh, uh, we yes. have another thing to work on, so uh, sorry that. Uh, Hopefully, coming soon. Sorry that we won't be torturing ourselves in quite the same um, fashion as we were last season. Uh, to be honest, like comparatively, like it took us a short amount of time to be completely sick of the, this kind of thing. Uh, like when we were doing season two, which was weekly, uh, so now we're just going back to every other week because that's just far more easier on our fucking brains. Uh, also, side note. If you hear kind of thundering, raining sounds in the background, that's not nothing to do on your end. That is us. We are recording in the middle of uh, kind of a bit of a, a bit of a little thunderstorm that's happening right now. Yes, uh, <laughs> basically, uh, we had a lovely summer holiday. It was fantastic, and the moment we came to record, it's monsoon season. <laughs> yeah. So perfectly timed to talk about some Deke shows, and this week we are talking about. The, um, well, (laughs) uh, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, otherwise known as Sat-AM. Ooh, this is one of the biggies. Yeah, this is, um, it's something all right. It's well-remembered. Now, it's interesting that you say it's well-remembered because, um, well, I'm not sure if it's remembered positively exactly, because when I go to the reception, uh part of the article on wikipedia for this (laughs) most of it is negative with the exception of i believe two people and one of them is doug from channel awesome right uh, yeah doug walker yeah nostalgia critic Mm -hmm. um the man who screams about movies for a living uh and uh repeatedly compares himself to to uh, daffy duck Mm -hmm. which is yeah Pretty on point. At least he's aware of his entire characteristic. <laughs> but anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, yeah, this one's a big one. It still has a major fan base, which is an oddity for a television series from uh, 1993 that aired for two seasons. I'm pretty sure the reason why it has a fan base is because of the side characters more than... It being a good Sonic cartoon. I would also say that the reason for the fan base is that Archie Comics uh, ran with basically the plot of this for several years afterwards. That before, is true. Before pivoting towards the uh, plot of the actual games. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, this is one of those um, pieces of media like uh, Disney's Robin Hood and Don Bluth's Mrs. Brisby and the Rats of Nim, uh, or was it just called Secret of Nim? I think it was uh, Secret of Nim. Secret of Nim, I believe. Uh, that kind of forms the foundation of the fairy subculture. Mm. It's uh, an odd one on that basis. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, God. So where do we even start with this show? Because it's got a lot to unpack. Well, we start at... Have you seen this before at all? Apart from, like, occasional little clips in, of course, YouTube poops and all that kind of thing, I don't believe I've ever sat down and watched it. I do remember watching um, Nostalgia Critics' video on it ages ago, though, back when I was into his stuff. Um... Oh, everyone goes through that phase. Yes, of course. As um, much as they go through the AVGN phase. But, uh, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've seen it once before here. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Channel 4 used to show Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, which I would follow religiously. Mm. But when they ran out of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, they just moved on to showing Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Which is a remarkably different tone show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's compared to uh, Adventures, which has a very colourful and bright and very silly kind of atmosphere to it. Sonic the Hedgehog is very dark and brooding and, ooh, it's it's all sorts of evil business going on within this world. Except it kind of flops because Sonic is there. Yeah, so basically I watched one episode of this and said, no. No. No, this isn't the Sonic I like. I guess that's over. It is interesting how it only takes one episode for you to fully realise like how shit this is. <laughs> I mean like it's it's not well, it's not shit completely. It's it's okay at best, but yeah. it gets so many things wrong and like the character of Sonic in this is possibly the most detestable one that we've ever seen before. Yes, he doesn't he doesn't fit his own world. No. It's it, it completely feels like this cartoon where they have awkwardly jammed Sonic Tales of Robotnik into it and also of course the concept of rings, but except rings in this universe again don't work like how rings work. They are called power rings here. Okay. And they magically make him go faster. You know what this is? It's the dark, edgy reboot for something that had only been around for two years. This is exactly what the Sonic the Hedgehog movie would have been like if it was made in about 2000 and... When were the dark... dark was it, when was everything dark and edgy? Uh, it would have been when Shadow the Hedgehog released. So around... <laughs> ooh... 2004, I want to say? Yeah. Had the Sonic series not continued, this is what the Sonic reboot would have been like in 2004. Having said that, the idea of the Sonic cast being a bunch of freedom fighters in a world uh, driven to near apocalypse by Robotnik is the plot of Sonic Forces. And yeah, as, <laughs> as much as I didn't enjoy playing that game at EGX last year, I get the feeling that... That one was executed far, far better than this. <laughs> Just by default. So we should probably take a step back and actually describe what this cartoon is. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, God. Be my guest, fucko. <laughs> um, basically, uh, the setup is simple. It's a bunch of freedom fighters who are small animals fighting against the evil person who has taken over their world essentially uh 
Dr. Bonnick is basically an evil megalomaniac. Uh, you could quite believe that he was the claw if it wasn't for the fact that we keep seeing his face. And the... Not the claw, Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw, sorry. Um, and the Freedom Fighters uh, are led not by Sonic, but by Sally Acorn, uh, a princess... Yeah, I still don't quite get why she's a princess. Uh, because she's a princess. Okay, sure. Why she's not? looking for her father, the king, who Robotnik has usurped. Right. Uh, so basically, this is a um, a radical uh, 90s teen show. No, it's not. That's Sonic Underground. No, this is a radical 90s, no. 90s teen show. No, no, show. no. This is not radical. Um, there is not enough cool, <laughs> sick, kickflip tricks going on for it to be radical. Sonic Underground is radical. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is merely grimdark. It's a bit grimdark. Um, regardless, this uh, this show is about teenagers trying to restore a, a monarchy. Right. Uh, so the Freedom Fighters are Sally Acorn, Sonic the Hedgehog, Antoine de... Something cool. or other. Antoine de Frenchman. Yeah. Because that's all he is. He's just a stereotype of a French dude. Yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of disgusting. Um, Rota the Walrus. And Bunny Rabot. And Tails. And Tails, yeah. And then a few more get added because uh, this is a Sonic the Hedgehog franchise and therefore Sonic's shitty friends continue to... Multiply. And then there's also the throwaway Freedom Fighters, which show up for one episode and then are killed by Robotnik. Yeah, in the very first episode, yeah. there's a dude that obviously well, gets roboticized. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not killed. That would be too harsh. Roboticized. Yes. That's worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So, yeah. Um... It's all very grim, and unfortunately the art style rather um, follows that, and every backdrop is kind of the same grey, blue and black melange. The fact is, this is a show about Sonic the Hedgehog that has none of that series' um, clean design aesthetics or colour. The lack of colour in this is definitely... A killer for it, I yeah. think. It's, it really ruins it quite I mean, a bit. When you compare it to Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which had psychedelic colouring, yeah. this comes off as visually dull. Yeah, I mean, it's it's trying to do this kind of like dystopian look to it, but the thing is, is I mean, the colours reflect the style of the show. Which I get that, but there are ways to do the kind of dark, grassy, kind of dystopian aesthetic without basically making the cartoon all grey. Well, the um, the show bible name checks Blade Runner. It's barely Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, well the thing is, uh, if you were to make it more Blade Runner-ish, you'd have neon everywhere. Yeah. You'd have lots of colour, but you'd have them in kind of secondary palettes and... You would have loads of neon colours, but within a noir backdrop kind yeah. of thing. You wouldn't have dark. A lot of this is just rubble. Yeah. Scenes of rubble and corridors that are grey and blue. 
and as such, watching it is kind of... It doesn't grab your attention in the same way as... No, it makes it very draining to watch. And... Not helped by the writing and also the characters. Yeah. Really not helped. It doesn't help there's not much of a contrast between the freedom fighter town of Knothole, which is supposed to be this kind of paradise state... Because we are we've... no, I don't think it's meant to be a paradise state. I think it's more just going. It's it's more just a well, safe house. Type yeah, it's place. a it's a back to nature community. Yeah, um, and that's great, but it's so often shown in the dark that it's also blue and grey most of mm-hmm. the time, and. As a result, you, you could you could have created a contrast between this paradise back to nature community and the cold technological uh, remains of war type thing, and the show fails to do that. I would say really the main core problem of this show. Just trying to segue it into. Characters. More conversation. I don't know. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> Words. Um, this show is called Sonic the Hedgehog. This show focuses on Sonic the Hedgehog. For some reason, Sonic the Hedgehog basically does nothing in this show. He is merely a literal tool used by <laughs> Sally occasionally in order to, for her to get past certain places. Sally pretty much does everything. No, like, it's obvious why it wouldn't be called after Sally and why she isn't the main character and why Sonic just isn't fucking there. And that's because it would probably fall down the gutter if Sonic's name wasn't there because you have no advertising. This is not a, a character that is known by anyone. This is just this random new character that they've just invented. Well, more to the point, you wouldn't have Sega funding it. That too. So it's it's this really awkward thing where it is called Sonic the Hedgehog and it features from Sonic the Hedgehog. But he's a secondary character, ultimately. Yes, and ultimately the cartoon has possibly one of the strongest female leads that Deke has ever created. And um, that is Princess Sally. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's smart, by... intelligent, what? capable. Uh, she's a actual decent female protagonist in this show where it's named after... <laughs> A guy. <laughs> yeah. Who is the most inexplicable arsehole. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, may as well just segue straight onto the characters from here. Um, Princess Sally is voiced by Kath Susie, known for, uh, well, for example, Phil and Lil from Rugrats. And... Right, yes, of course. Oh, God. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> look, I can't be asked to look it up right now. Basically, Kath Susie. Classic jobber. She does a whole bunch of really well-known voices. I'm sure she's come up a couple of times. Of course she has. Kath really fucking nails it in this one. She really yeah. sent, like hits at home. She does a fantastic voice work as Princess Sally. Um, most notably in the episode where um, Sally gets captured by Robotnik and gets a robotic clone made of her. Kath <laughs> pretending to be Princess Sally as a robot works so well. She executed that so finely it was just this wonderful moment uh, of just like robot sally being in knot hole and trying to tend after tails but ultimately failing that because robot sally doesn't fucking know anything about how sally actually acts in private life 
which is uh yeah she's a great voice actor she's a true professional yeah. unlike say Jaleel White oh god fucking <laughs> Jaleel White Jaleel White should not be in this but of course this was one of the selling points we can get the star Jaleel White <laughs> To uh, the star, Jaleel White, to voice Sonic the Hedgehog. Didn't he voice Sonic in uh, Adventures as well? Of course he did. Where he was suited. Yeah. Because he was larger than life and massively comedic and kind of childish. It works. And also, Sonic wasn't like this weird, overly 90s kid constantly saying Mondo in his sentences. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on with his writing? Yeah, this is very weird. I mean, okay, I've read through pretty much the entirety of one of the early show Bibles, and this was before a load of changes were made to it. But at one point, his trademark uh, catchphrase was going to be Hasta la vista, mister. Jeez. I mean, that's not much better than what it got replaced with. The constant use of Mondo. Yeah, and just this really obnoxious character that doesn't fit in and is aggressively rude to people, and yet somehow these amazing freedom fighters with hearts made of pure fucking 24-karat gold somehow (laughs) not kicking him out and telling him to fuck off forever... And somehow having sympathy for him and liking him still and just... ah. Well, here's the thing. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic was also an obnoxious arsehole. But it made sense for him to be an obnoxious arsehole. Absolutely. This is like putting Bugs Bunny in gargoyles. (laughs) That's a pretty good comparison. It doesn't work. But I mean, he's like... Obnoxious Sonic worked in Adventures because the entire cartoon was obnoxious. Yeah. It was a very obnoxious cartoon and it worked in its favour overall because... Bright colours, over-the-top humour. It was the most Saturday morning of Saturday morning cartoons. Absolutely. It was sugared cereal in the form of entertainment. And it was bloody good. Yeah. It worked so well. It's easily one of Deke's best cartoons that they've ever put out alongside Where's Wally? Because they just had fun making this throwback. Yeah. Whereas this, they're trying to make something modern for the time. And by modern, we mean late 80s. Yeah. Rather than 1993. Oh, boy. So, uh, who else have we got on the jobber list? We've got Robotnik himself, voiced by Jim Cummings. Of course. Uh, Doing his best evil voice uh, into a cop. For the first season. They take the reverb off in the second season. It makes sense. Um, Which is actually kind of pointed out in the cartoon itself uh, in one of the episodes. Uh, In fact, it was the Robot Sally episode. Sonic being fooled by the Robot Sally and freeing her from a prison by um, distracting two robotic guards uh, via imitating his voice by speaking into a cop. Yeah. Which, Which is fun. I liked that joke. Yeah, it's a great joke. It'd work a lot better in... Um, in Adventures. In, in Adventures. A cartoon that is not Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. Hell of a lot more sense in a comedy cartoon. <laughs> and then you've got um, Snively, Robotics uh, Assistant, and also, I believe, Nephew. Um, I think that's the idea. Yeah, a bizarre familial tie there. 
uh, voiced by Charlie Adler, uh, voice of Cow and Chicken and a bunch of other characters in Cow and Chicken, as well as shitloads of things. Yeah, he's come up a few times as well. Did you know that Charlie Adler was the guest of honour at AnthroCon 2017? Because he was. (laughs) (laughs) There's my random fun fact for you. Wonderful. Um, Snidely... Is Snidely a necessary character? I suppose that you has to... You keep calling to... him Snidely. He's Snively. Snively, sorry. Not <laughs> Snively. Sni- not Snively. S- not Snively Whiplash. No, not Snively um, Whiplash. Is Snively a necessary character? I mean, I guess we have to have someone for Robotnik to bark orders at. But Snively just stands around doing very little. Yeah, I mean, like... <sighs> Spoilers for the ending of season two here. Uh, not that you care, but I mean, the whole thing is kind of eventually building up to Snively getting increasingly pissed off at Robotnik and increasingly like saying under his breath mean things about him. Ultimately coming to the ending of the show where it's revealed that now Robotnik is out of the picture, Snively is going to do his thing of attempting to take over Mobius, but his way. Yeah. Which is an interesting way to end it, except you've got a cliffhanger on a show that didn't get a third season. They had ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's curious to think about where it would have gone if they did have a third season. Well, we kind of know where it was because creators have spoken about it. Um, Basically, uh, Snively, Snively, Snively would try to... uh, just come up with a different pronunciation every time you say his name. Snively would try to um, take over from Robotnik, but fail, thus o- and end up opening the void, releasing this weird sorcerer character from earlier in the series uh, alongside, uh, I believe, the King. Uh, Tails would become more mature and became gain more of a uh, a role in the series. Uh, Dulcie the Dragon uh, from season two would gain more powers. Right. It was right. just going to continue. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That's what Katsushi is known for being doing. Amongst Lola Bully and Space Jam, we feel a few in Tiny Toon Adventures, Dexter's Mom in uh, Dexter's Lab, and Phil and Lil in Rugrats, also known for being Linker in Captain Planet. That's where we know Katsushi from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <sighs> not her greatest role. No. Uh, let's see. We've got no. uh, going back to the Freedom Fighters. We've got Bunny Robot, who is another a, well-designed character. Yeah, she's a sudden bell bunny girl who has prosthetic legs and one prosthetic arm. I mean, to, she is half roboticized. Yes, is the uh, the the plot. But yeah, she's essentially she's, it's effectively prosthetic. She's essentially got prosthetics. It's cool. It's, it's really cool to see that. And also, she's just one of the more badass characters. She works a lot with um, with Sally to execute cool plans. I kind of just want the show to be about those two, in all honesty, with perhaps a romance subplot at the end. I'm not just going to kind of maybe just kind of put that out there. Got to admit, I... It would work. That, here's the thing. Got to admit, I was reading the... Uh, the by the show Bible, and it did describe Bunny as Sally's best girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, as I, said, I just want a show that's just those two. Um, Bunny is voiced by Christine Kavanagh, 
uh, who, as well as being known for voicing Bunny Robot, is known for being the original voice of Chucky Finster in Rugrats and also Dexter in Dexter's Lab, which is pretty fantastic. Nice. It's pretty fantastic. Retired at age 51. Um, Antoine Depardieu, that's his name, who's apparently a coyote. He is one of the more really kind of... He's one of the characters whose design is so vague that you wouldn't really be able to tell what he is until someone straight up told you. Yeah, what's Sally Acorn? Uh, Sally Acorn, unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Does not say. I think she's supposed to be a chipmunk. Yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, but yeah, Antoine is a French stereotype. He yeah. is a coward. Uh, he puts others before himself. Yeah, this is a. He's he's a really, bad really fucking creepy. He's not fun. No, he's not. And the worst part is season two. They had a chance to fix that. They changed a bunch of stuff in season two. He just got more deeper into the stereotype. Yeah, basically. Because they added more comedy elements in season two, they thought, where's our comedy? Oh, Antoine. Yeah, <sighs> it's very actually quite upsetting because um, in the show Bible, he's more of a Gaston-type character where he is genuinely capable and, uh, to some extent, mm. uh, kind of a Gaston Han Solo. Mm. He's also very selfish, and his motivations are based more around his um, affections for the princess and uh, his existing um, loyalty to her father yeah. than to uh, anything else. I know it would just be a... A more fun character to have that, honestly, wasn't it? Yeah, completely. Um, Just at some point, they obviously went with the, well, he's this French-style prince, so he's obviously a coward! (laughs) Anyway, Antoine is voiced by Rob Paulson, who is known for uh, doing Raphael and Donatello in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, (laughs) Yakko and Pinky from Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain, Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, and also the title character from the Mask animated series. Fair enough. Which is an interesting little ending bit there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's some serious jobbing. Yes. Um, Rotor the Walrus, who is a mechanic, and he's there occasionally. He's a little underused, yes. it, or at least he was in the episodes we saw. Um, it being a sort of ensemble, it's the the focus generally shifts, but Sally Acorn and Sonic the Hedgehog are in every single episode, and no one else is. Mm-hmm. Well, Sally as well. Sally's usually in every I just episode, said Sally Acorn and oh, Sally Hedgehog. sorry. Misheard. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, Rotor in season one was voiced by Mark Ballou, but he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I can't tell you what he's done. In season two, he was voiced by Cam Brainard, who is known for doing fuck all. <laughs> uh, he's doing radio now. Fair enough. That's the most I can tell you. Just at a glance. That's fair. Um, we've got Tails, who is voiced by Bradley Pierce. Yeah, um, the, the, this weird element of the uh, the Bible, to keep going back to the Bible, um, Tails was described as having a, a deep, gravelly voice with a country <laughs> accent. He's four and a half years old. <laughs> Such like a... 
It's such a ridiculous misinterpretation of Tails that it's just amazing. Um, he's just a child. Uh, yeah, he, he he has, like, almost no agency in the show. He's basically just left at not whole and just told to be good. He's a vaguely intelligent child. He's He's useful, but he's not... He's not growing into the kind of tales we know from, like, Sonic Adventure, say. Yeah. Tales from Sonic Adventure is the best tales. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Weird scientist tales. Yeah, I, I like that tales more. Six-year-old um, tales. Also, what's will tell Sonic uh... X as well, because that's very much within, firmly within Adventure Canon. Sonic oh, yeah, X. Sonic X is all... But didn't Sonic X just eventually just go into the Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 plot lines? I wouldn't be able to remember. I'm pretty sure It's been it a did. very long time since I've seen Sonic X. Um, but anyway, Bradley Pierce, uh, perhaps best known for doing uh, Peter Shepard in Jumanji. And also the original voice of Chip in Beauty and the Beast. Fair enough. Uh, then we have Nicole, who is Sally's portable computer AI, um, who later gained a semi-physical form in the Archie comics as a Lynx, I believe. Um, and Nicole's just voiced by Kath Susie again. So, as I said, Kath Susie knocking out of the park. Yeah. Two characters at once, nailing both of the roles perfectly. <laughs> um, Nicole gets really sassy with uh, Sonic later on in the show, and I find that really good. I love that. It's just, finally someone is telling Sonic to just fuck off, and it's yeah, the fucking AI. Someone needs to answer back to this asshole. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then we have uh, Dulcie, who is just a dragon that was introduced in season two it's kind of we didn't see the episode so potentially the executive meddling character i'm not sure it's just a dragon that crashes a bunch i don't see the point in the character personally we saw it a couple of times yeah she probably has some relevance but we can't go Um... into that deep detail with it (laughs) uh kree summer uh, voices Dulcie. And oh God, she was Chris the Summer. original voice of Penny in Inspector yeah. Gadget and Almira Duff in Tiny Toons Adventures. Yeah, also, she is. Pinky Almira and the Brain. Now she has a husky voice. Yes. <laughs> she could have voiced Tails. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, Chris Summer has a very, very, very long list of things that she's done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's currently voicing Beast Girl in Teen Titans Go. Fair enough. And uh, that's about it. She's still doing the same voice as well. It's yeah. quite impressive. It's like Frank Welker where they're. Uh... Oh, speaking of Frank Welker, he does actually have a part in this. He's one of the he. Um, yeah, is one of the two voices yes. for SWATBOTs. Who are Fair just enough. Random henchmen. Yeah, that he's... look like characters out of One Must Fall 2097, a terrible <laughs> DOS fighting game. Yeah, and not like any of the games robots. Yeah. Which really gets me. And also, none of them are defeated by Sonic the Hedgehog bashing into them with a Sonic spin. This just never happens. They're always sneaking around them. It's... Uh, Oh, right, yeah. There's also uh, occasional appearances by Sir Charles Chalk Hedgehog, who is Sonic's uncle. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Voiced by William Wyndham. Um... This guy has been in stuff. <laughs> uh, just random episodes of well-known TV shows. Did two episodes of Twilight Zone. Um, Stars in an episode of Star Trek. Uh, recurring character in Murder, she wrote. Uh, President of the United States in Escape from the Planet of the Apes. So a physical acting jobber. Yeah, basically. Cool. <laughs> 
You'll note that this cast list does not include Nate Morgan, who appeared in the uh, the original show Bible and Pitch, um, a old black dude with a long white beard who was essentially a wizard. I think I would have preferred him over Dulcie. Quite possibly. I'm not sure it I mean, quite it, fits the world. No, it's it's just a random wizard. But I mean, wizards make everything better because they're fucking wizards, and wizards are awesome. I'm not sure it made um, Jason the Wheeled Warriors that much better. Wizards make everything better. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, let's see. Um, so getting onto the show itself, the plot lines. They're a bit flat. It's kind of the same thing for every episode. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether we just got a bad lot of it, but at least three of them were ultimately the same sequence of events. Yeah, it's it's basically call open to the Freedom Fighters trying to stop one of Robotnik's plans to take over, um, successfully doing a plan, or Robotnik has made it look like they've successfully done the plan, then one of them somehow gets kidnapped by Robotnik. Sonic goes and saves them. They do one final plan and scupper something up. And then the episode ends. That's kind of the basic gist of what the episodes we saw were. Including the fin- the season two finale. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's a simple formula. It sort of works. At least I it would, would honestly if, call um, it uninspired. Yeah, it'd work better if the characters were more interesting. The thing is, the characters are relatively interesting. It's just that the Sonic the Hedgehog is butting in and ruining it. <laughs> if Sonic wasn't there, I feel the show would actually be pretty decent. This weird post-apocalyptic um, and furry animal show. Yeah. 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 I mean, put it this way. I really hate Sonic being in this show to the point that... One of my notes that I wrote down while watching this was, Sonic almost snuffs it right at the start of episode two, but he escapes, and I couldn't have been more disappointed. That doesn't help. I just... Would this sell you on the games? No. It really doesn't, because it's nothing like the games. No, the games it doesn't are help. colourful and bright and fun. This is well, kind of dreary. Uh, yeah. Like the Dark Knight. I mean, even the bad Sonic games are, like, to some degree better than this. Shadow the Hedgehog was a better executed grim dark Sonic game than this <laughs> oh, was. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of... Look, I'm going to I'm gonna defend Sonic Shadow the Hedgehog the game, to be honest, because I think it is really just kind of... It's unabashedly goofy and it knows it, so it really leans into hamming it up. I agree. Shadow the Hedgehog has kind of this layer of cheesy, self-aware anime-ness to it. And also it has shitloads of endings, which for a PS2 game is kind of incredible. I'm going to be super honest, like the various endings you can get from like, okay, this episode, this this particular level, I'm going to get a good rating on this one, I'm going to get an evil rating, and then I just go up to the end of this little small path and now I've got a completely different ending than I got from the previous time I played it through taking the exact same path and it's just kind of like yeah how did you like all of this shit is on one disc and then even if you see the same ending oh this one actually got titled a different thing yeah (laughs) titles for every single possible route several hundred of them and honestly as 
daft as it is, especially with having guns and stuff, I just think it's very like just very fun because of how silly the entire situation is. It's just you're going about running over the place, just twatting people with a gun, and then doing otherwise normal Sonic things while either listening to Sonic or listening to an floating eye with a bunch of tentacles speaking like fucking Bane out of the Batman Christian Bale movies. Or you can just say, nah, fuck you both. I'm going to go my own way, I'm which just is gonna the neutral com- end. I'm just going to complete the levels. Yeah. Thanks anyway. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Yeah, I just... I genuinely like Sonic the Hedgehog because of that. I think it's a really cool game that did a lot of cool stuff that hasn't really been explored very often at all in video games. And yet, a number of people slammed it because it's such a silly concept and it's Sonic but with a gun. It's better than Heroes. Yes. That's the important I'm going to agree with you full-heartedly. It's better than Heroes. Heroes was awful. Um... Getting back onto the topic at hand. Oh, right, yeah, we were talking about Sat AM. Yeah, Sat AM. <sighs> um, what could you do to fix this show? Remove Sonic, Tails, and Robotnik. Okay, so... Then you will have a okay-ish, at best, dark sci-fi show for kids. So basically, if we're, if we're going to go back to the whole of the 2018 reboot, what you're saying is you make it a bunch of Sonic OCs. Fighting in a... Well, no, because none of these are Sonic OCs. They they don't fit the Sonic design pattern. Yeah, that's true. But then they again, are just the... random animal people. There wasn't that much of a Sonic design pattern at the time. No, but since then there has been. Yeah. And we are going to be following suit from that if we're doing a Tony 18 reboot. Here's the thing, they don't well, quite fit into Deke's usual style either. No, that's a very least... good point. It is a very... Interesting art style from Deke's standpoint. I mean, they s- they're they sort of between the two. They wouldn't fit into Heathcliff, which is generally how you can tell if a... Uh, <laughs> if, oh dear, oh dear. If a Deke series from that era was uh, using their house style. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you were going to keep it Sonic, then rather than having everyone stay in the same place constantly, hmm. have it that they're being chased. Because it's about running. Have Make it a road trip. Maybe, but that would kind of get away from the main plot point of Robotnik's trying to take over Mobius. And also, if the Freedom Fighters are in one spot, but Robotnik's in another, then Robotnik's going to win over one spot, while the rest of them are twatting about somewhere else. Yeah, Although then enough. again, I suppose that could be the tension of it. They're trying to get over to the place where Robotnik is fast enough, and then if it's too late, then they have to work together in cooperation and free liberate that place. Or that they've got to Wait, get... Wait, this is just Sonic Forces. Or that they've got to get the Chaos Emeralds before Robotnik, which is the plot of the actual fucking games. Yeah. And also Sonic Adventure. That's also oh, wait, no, one you of the can't... games. Uh, can you even get the Chaos Emeralds in? In Sonic Adventure, Adventure it's yeah. pu- it's in the plot. Basically, you're trying to get well, the yeah, Chaos Emeralds. Well, Robotnik and... takes them all because it feeds them into Chaos. Yes. It? Yeah. But, I mean, it's still the plot that you're trying to get the Chaos Emeralds before Robotnik does. Okay. And Robotnik still gets them. Okay. Because that's the tension. Yeah. Regardless, there are so many things you could do with this concept. The Many of the elements of the concept are sound, but the execution is so painfully 90s and... Just 
kind of unfun. Yeah, I think that's kind of at the base of it, isn't it? This is something that was shown at the same time as as um, Adventures. This was something that was shown alongside Adventures. And they don't mesh at all. There is no kind of crossover point between the two. It is this incredibly jarring cut, smash cut, into this grim dark world after some of the most fun and engaging cartoons that Deke have ever produced. <laughs> It's this amazing, wonderful transition from kind of this, a lot of throwbacks to Rubber Hose animation, this really fun, silly cartoon with possibly yeah. one of the best Robotniks we've ever had in the history of ever, immediately into this incredibly mediocre cartoon where Sonic is, just doesn't fit in. Is yeah. The fact that he's an arsehole shows up even more heavily because he doesn't fit in. And yet, I still don't understand how the other freedom fighters haven't told him to fuck off. Or Antoine. Or Antoine. Antoine needs to fuck off also. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. On speaking on that, why is Antoine even there? And why is he a freedom fighter? He is consistently proven to be functionally useless. He is unreliable. Yet they continue taking him on missions. Why does anyone even like him? He's the least likable character after Sonic. Eesh. I just... Oh, my days. Ultimately, going back to Robotnik, Robotnik should be Silver Age Doctor Doom. Uh, possibly Golden Age Doctor Doom. No, Silver Age Doctor Doom. Silver Age Doctor Doom. He should be this... Um, fantastically over-the-top figure. He should be somewhat threatening, but he should also be constantly monologuing. He should be bigging himself up. And this do- this Dr. Robotnik just isn't that. He's, dare I say it, he's too good at his job to be Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much as I really like Jim Cummings' as evil Robotnik voice, it just doesn't fit Robotnik at all. It's, Robot- it's he needs to be a big cheese, a big hammy cheese. But he he is not this evil mastermind character because he's too dopey and affable for that. He's supposed Robotnik is supposed to be a character that puts a silhouette of his face on everything he makes. Yes, exactly. He's an he, <laughs> that he's should, a silly egotistical man. That should tell you everything you need to know about Dr. Robotnik. And, and it's not just his face, it's his grinning face. Yes. You know what he's also missing in this show? He's missing a like an old, a version of Scratch and Grounder. He needs a couple of minions who are, above all else, useless, that he can boss about and shout at because they've all scuppered something. Which is and what that Snively would make good is supposed to be. Relief. Yeah, but the thing is, this Snively doesn't do anything. No, he is he's boring. Because he's literally, um, oh God. He's the guy who stands around on the bridge telling Darth Vader uh, that his plans are okay-ish. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to, uh, not trying not to get the wrath of Darth Vader, but also considering him to be a complete idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's just entirely what Snively is. He is... Was it Peter Cushing? I don't know my Star Wars. 
I yeah no you know you you know full well it's it was, no use searching me I don't know a damn thing about Star Wars. It was either Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing. <laughs> They're pretty similar. Um, it was a British Hammer actor. That's yeah. all we need to know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Final question: Where are we ranking this? Ooh, um. Now, if you want to hear my opinion first, okay. my reasoning okay. is either number 14 or number 15. Now, number 13 is Sabrina the Animated Series. Okay. 14 is Captain Planet. And okay. 15 is Stargate Infinity. Right. This show is watchable to a point. It's not very good, but it is still something that I would probably be able to sit through and not die of immense boredom because of how drab and just <laughs> mediocre it is like some of the other things we have seen um there is there are, there's something here but they never found it unfortunately and that is the biggest like error that the show had so with that in mind i'm thinking it's going in the middle somewhere and I am unsure about whether to place it above or below Captain Planet. Okay, here's my question. Hmm. Where did we rank Dino Saucers? Uh, it is currently sitting at number 22 uh, below Super Show. Because this has a lot of the problems that Dino Saucers had. It has too many cast no, members. No, it has... no, it does not. Because Dino Saucers had a lot of fluff and pointless plot lines... Whereas this, the plotline was the but same, plot. yes. but it was it didn't actually get distracted from the main objective, which dinosaurs constantly did, and it didn't it didn't randomly introduce new characters who we've never seen before. I mean, granted, it does that, but I mean, <laughs> it is it the cast isn't so large that it's constantly like you're constantly greeting new characters well, who true. look it's... basically the same because they are just blobs with color. It's not. Look, here's another toy. Yeah, exactly. See, the thing is, is I quite liked Sabrina the Animated Series. I thought that one actually worked quite nicely, apart yes. from uh, Melissa Joan Hart voicing um, her, like, aunt, which really... Yeah, it really work. flattens the aunt. But aside from that, it was a pretty decent adaptation of it. Um, so I don't think it's better than Sabrina, but, I mean, it's, it's a case of, is it better or worse than Planet? I think it's... Mm, I mean, Captain Planet is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, that show is basically about a completely useless superhero who gets ill next to burst drain pipes. Um, but it has a lot more variety. It does have a lot more variety, and it has a lot more that we can rip on. And a fascinating voice cast. That too. Um, yeah, well, I'm fine with it going below Captain Planet if you are. What's below Captain Planet? Uh, Stargate Infinity. Oh yeah, this is better than Stargate Infinity. Infinitely. Um... (laughs) Um, but yeah, if that, if we're all agreed on that, then number 15 is Sonic the Hedgehog, a.k.a. Sat-A-M. So that wraps it up for the first episode of Season 3 of Deep Geeks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and uh, to be honest, I'm quite glad we're doing this again. It's a lot of fun. I forgot how much fun it is to record podcasts. <laughs> More uh, fun than watching the series. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, it's always fun to rip into something terrible that is uh, well-loved for reasons unknown. 
Either way, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, and perhaps this is your first episode, maybe it's not fucking whatever, we have a whole fucking slog of other episodes in this show that you can go and check out at mostlykobolds.com. Um, go ahead and subscribe to the RSS feed or the iTunes feed, whichever you want. Hey, before you listen to those episodes, which I am not entirely convinced the quality is perfect on, uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Wow, asking for the full five, huh? (laughs) You know, before you listen to the back (laughs) catalogue. Dear listeners, I would like to say, if you do not feel our product is five stars, Please be honest. If you need to give us a three or a four stars, then that is fine. Please do not give us two stars on the low one. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> Why would you think of doing that? We're trying our best, aren't we? Either way. Yeah. We have a shitload of episodes on the site, which I'm hopefully going to redesign soon. I don't know. Um, so we'll have a whole back catalogue of those. We also have a couple of older podcasts, which are not quite as good, but you can still listen to those. They're also on the site. Go check them out if you're bored. I mean, if you're that bored, then fucking God help you. But, I mean, they're there. You can go check them out. Yeah. Uh, as well on the site is the ranking list. Uh, so you can see pretty much where everything is at the moment. Um, at the end of this year, we will probably be doing a great big rejig of that. because <laughs> That's confusing everyone. Yeah, I, I, I like having the annual rejig for that. It's a lot of fun. We did record the last one, but it was entirely unlistenable. <laughs> yeah, because we changed up how we wanted to do it like three times during the episode. We so. discovered a way of actually sorting the mid-episodes. Yeah, it was such a mess. Oh dear. It was terrible. I'm very glad that didn't go out. But either way, that's on there. You can go freshen yourself up on where everything is at the moment. I'm going to try and keep that up to date as often as I can. Hopefully the fact that we're doing this bi-weekly means that I will be able to get down on that yeah so obviously as i've said we're going to a fortnightly basis and we're also going to stop teasing the next episode but let's just say that it's nearly shark week (laughs) we have this one planned out i've been planning this one out for weeks yeah yeah okay i want to do it to be fair you did kind of pencil this out like at the start of the fucking year so (laughs) i will let you have this one but after this, after that episode, we're just going to leave you hanging. You won't know what we're going to come out with. It's going to yeah. shock the shit out of you. You would not believe how many times this year I have Googled the words, when is Shark Week? Yeah, he's very, very excited to do that one. Um, It'll you know be awesome. Fucking... <laughs> I don't care about teasers anymore, so fuck it. Next week is Street Sharks. Down straight. And with that, we bid you farewell. Ta-ra. Sarah. <laughs>